Hi folks, welcome back to the PG.biz podcast. Um, Peggy, it's lovely to see you as always. It's great to see you, Brian. I've sort of missed you the last two times. We had to uh, improvise, uh, which I did. So I gave our, our listeners, our viewers, a tour of the various rooms in my house, including a, a dungeon that will soon be the PG.biz studio, in wow. a sense. And to think I missed it. But yes, sadly, the, the yeah. time difference with Australia was just a little bit too much to, to comfortably accommodate Um Talking coherently um, on on the podcast. And, no, and- no, you 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 were out, Brian. You were out getting amazing stories and ideas. Tell me about that, by the way. I mean, Electric Dreams. That sounds, yeah, pretty it, cool. It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. So I I've been out in Australia for a week. I was asked to go and speak at the Electric Dreams conference, which is part of the Adelaide Fringe, the world's second largest uh, arts festival. Um, behind Edinburgh, although I would have put it at number one, just given the sheer number of people. It was absolutely astonishing. But Electric Dreams really focuses on the the convergence of games with the wider creative and cultural world. So alongside the conference where we looked at everything from decolonizing virtual spaces, which welcomed a lot of, you know, uh, First Nations people and and speakers from around the world, um, through to some astonishing performances and shows that use games and games technology in different ways from, you know, a dance performance um, around the whole issue of water, water rights, use of water um, with live dancers who are also motion captured and turned into sort of uh, fluid and particle dynamics um, to sort of dance within this huge virtual environment at the same time. Just mind-blowing stuff, Peggy, wow. you know, the, the kind of thing that we're not seeing at the GDCs and the Gamescoms. So it really kind of electrified me in terms of thinking about games in a different context and seeing it as a transformative technology, a creative tool in a very different way. So it was absolutely wonderful. Um, so very glad I was there, but boy, am I glad to be home. I hear you. I hear you. The travel, but I am, if, if people could see me, it's like jaw drop here. I'm thinking these are fantastic stories. Um, glad you were there. You're going to bring them back. And next time we'll talk a little bit more about that because you also have some B roll to share. So it's really showing yeah. that games are, as you said, transformative. I mean, it's not just games as entertainment. It's games as, yeah, unlocking yeah. Uh, literally new realms, new opportunities, oh, new thinking. Completely, you know, and, and the use of immersive and interactive media within different, you know, performances uh, was was absolutely mind blowing. Just can't say enough about it. I'll, I'll bring some footage. I'll get some some of the photos and, and everything that I took when I was over there, oh. um, and we'll we'll kind of dive into this next time when we're actually live on camera. What is Really interesting about this, Brian, and why I enjoy doing this with you is if you think about it, and you take a step back, what we're saying is that there are so many different facets of the games industry. You're talking about creativity and your most recent guest was games for good. So it's really far, far beyond entertainment. It's more like empowerment. Well, I think this is the thing, you know, you and I know well that games are not this digital plaything that 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 we tend to hear in the media, you know, the mainstream media is games for kids. Therefore, they have no cultural or or social um, value whatsoever. And we know that's nonsense. You know, we saw over the whole course of the lockdowns during the COVID pandemic that many, many people 
um, used games to connect with friends and family. You know, more people than ever turn to games for their mental health and well-being. And uh, it goes beyond the notion of just play and really kind of explores how you use this this hobby, this pastime, this uh, incredible uh, content type media, you know, whatever you want to, however you want to describe it, um, for something much bigger. And and so, yeah, uh, the last uh, guest we spoke to um, was Tom Downey. Tom is the UK charity manager for a company called Tiltify. And Tiltify, mm-hmm. a really interesting um, idea of, again, using games tech for a, a slightly different purpose, because it's all about using your stream, using your community to to raise money for charity, um, the charity of your choice. But this is how you bring your audience together. And, you know, we know um, how big Twitch is. We know how big esports can be. We absolutely are aware of this enormous global audience. And so if you have that kind of following, if you have that kind of community, then how do you bring them together? How do you galvanize them for a cause? And and Tiltify is doing some incredible work um, in terms of helping charities engage with an audience that's that's otherwise really hard to reach. So it was a completely fascinating conversation and really kind of opened my eyes to a lot of the ways in which, you know, gamers all over the world are already doing this. Streamers all over the world are doing this um, and raising significant amounts, excuse me, significant amounts of money for charities. Um, in ways which I think are still being missed by the mainstream audience out there. Absolutely. It's an environment where we exist. And I was just reading some research, and maybe we'll bring that up on a show because it really was mind-blowing for me, Brian, that the attention level Mm -hmm. in a game is the highest attention level in the hierarchy of attention. In other words, other platforms, you're just sort of getting people paying a little bit of attention. It's games where you have sustainable and very intense attention, which means that you have people's eyes, Mm -hmm. but you also have their mind and their thinking. So in these communities, it is an environment where someone with a message who wants to do something for good, I want to raise money for charity, a charity wants to address a truly engaged audience that cares This is the place to do it. And I'm so glad you had this guest on your show because, on our show, because we don't hear this very often. So it opened my eyes to a lot. All the more reason, Brian, that this show is truly, um, yeah, pushing some boundaries, breaking down some boundaries. It was exciting to hear it. And I want to thank you for bringing it. No, I mean, it was was a total pleasure. Tom is is such a good guest, you know, has so many um, fantastic stories to tell and and such great experience. during his time at Tiltify. And and you're quite right. You know, one of the joys of, of this show is the fact that we can reach out beyond, you know, the, the expected areas. You know, the, the developers and creators are wonderful. And, you know, I can talk to them all day. But there are so many interesting companies and organisations out there who are looking at this differently. And again, you know, the, the, the trip to Australia just really clarified this, that games are much, much bigger than I think anybody in the games industry appreciates. And so having Tom on the show and, and finding out more about how they're engaging this enormous audience is is just um, a total delight. That's why we're going to bring him up next. Thanks again, Brian.
Hi folks, welcome back to the PocketGamer.biz podcast. Thank you for staying tuned. Uh, so far this season of the PG.biz podcast, we have spoken to publishers, developers, platform owners from the biggest companies in the world to the newest startups. And this week, we're going in a different direction. This week, we are delighted to be joined by the very wonderful Tom Downey. Hello, Tom. Hello, very nice to be here. And you're coming at this whole games thing from a very different angle. You know, so normally we get a lot of publishers, we get uh, ever so many developers, monetization experts. But can you tell the the lovely listeners uh, a little more about who you are and what your role is? Yeah, of course. So uh, my name is Tom, as you've rightly pointed out. Um, I work for a company called Tiltify, which you may or may not have heard of. I won't take offence if you haven't. Um, we are a charity fundraising platform, which sounds like, oh, cool, okay. What's that got to do with games? But let me tell you, it's got a lot, as someone might say. Um, in a nutshell, uh, we were founded very much in the games sector. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of started out in, in sort of like the esports world, like, oh, how can esports raise money for charity? And it was not really working. No, <laughs> it's not really a thing. So sort of looked and pivoted. And when Twitch started to really, really take off in the early 2010s, the teenage years of this uh, this millennium, yeah. the uh, century. The way that people communicate with each other and interact with each other is very immediate and it's very live. And there isn't really a donation way to get money straight to the charity. So we came along, uh, you know, everyone who's on Tiltify is a registered charity, confirmed, authenticated, big ticks next to their name. And uh, it started out with content creators saying, cool, I'm going to do a big fundraiser. Uh, I'm going, you know, every time I get to a thousand pounds, thousand dollars, I'm going to crack an egg on my head. Won't that be hilarious? You know, classic old school fundraising stuff, uh, mm-hmm. the stuff that yeah. you expect. Mm-hmm. Um, but more recently, uh, businesses uh, have started to sort of have a little bit of an, in, or not just an interest, uh, quite, a, quite a sharp turn. We know that big businesses love to interact with charities and there's a real reason why they do it. Content creators also have reasons both uh, for you know personal reasons because something's close to them, but also because there is a really logical argument to support charities for business sake and content creators are our businesses. And that sort of leads into the, the the gaming space that you know we're starting to mature as an industry and as such starting to support more charities in a more meaningful long-term way so that's very interesting because coming coming at this from a, a sort of technology meets the third sector mm. kind of direction and um, gives you give, must give you something of a unique perspective when it comes to the game sector because you're you're, you're absolutely right we uh, quite recently we covered the, the latest um, you know, global market cap uh, or market valuation. And it's, what, $197.8 billion the games industry is worth? Sure, it's doing so all right. It's doing okay, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not just COVID-proof, but it positively boomed. Yeah. Um, and the number of players is continuing to grow, you know, three and a half billion people out there. Um, and connecting with a whole lot of groups and audiences and communities that are really hard to reach otherwise. So I, I can absolutely see where, where you're coming from with, with this. But so is Tiltify, is Tiltify um, a technology 
Is it a platform? Is it a sort of a payment mechanism? Where do you where do you sit? Sure. So we're a tool that enable people to fundraise. Mm-hmm. So in a nutshell, you can uh, visit tiltify.com, uh, choose your charity that you want to support, create a fundraising page, and then direct people to it to donate money. Now that all sounds very simple, but there's a lot more tech going on there. <laughs> so it's actually quite cool. We also are the uh, the donate button. We, we power the donation sticker for TikTok. Oh, yeah. Um, uh-huh. So if you ever see anyone doing fundraising on TikTok, that, that's us. And we also have, uh, you know, extensions and Twitch and, and sort of strong connections with uh, YouTube and, and Facebook and, you know, everyone else. We love to work with everyone. But more recently, we've been looking at uh, sort of how how can we get people in game, perhaps, mm-hmm. to to give to charity. Now, it's something that I've I've spoken to games companies up and down the. I was going to say up and down the country. It's the world. It's the world uh, about you know do, why are you supporting charity? Are you supporting them? And people do it in lots of different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the the big one that we've seen over the last 10 years is taking a games company. They've got their, their, their key players of their games, their key ambassadors. They'll go live on Twitch or YouTube. They will play the game and do a fundraiser at the same time. Very, very simple Mm -hmm. way. Here I am. I'm playing uh, a game. I won't won't favor any one of them. I'm playing a game where I'm doing a thing. Uh, isn't this fun? Every time someone donates ten pounds, I'm going to I don't know turn the phone upside down or something silly. You know, people do all sorts of things. Of course. So we've got this mechanic in place where there are these tools. People can use polls to donate. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, the classic question: Does pineapple belong on a pizza? Yes or no? Donate to find out what the public think. That started to get a bit of sort of Indish. business interest. Yeah. You've got mm-hmm. like Wizards of the Coast, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I, I don't name drop Tom. It's fine. You can cut that. Uh, but you know, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's oh, we like can leave that in. Brand recognition. It's oh, we love it. All right, cool. Has a so positive they... impact on our listeners. So <laughs> amazing. Well, the the D and D market. Mm-hmm. We love it when they want to do a charity stream because we've got this this poll top poll tool voting system mm-hmm. and so what they'll do with some of their, their fundraisers is pose a question to their audience of however many people uh what should the secret weapon be that is found halfway through the game should it be a sentient sword that can only attack bees should it be a cape that can you know i don't know i'm not going to try and come up with them all but they will pose that question to their audience ask people to donate to charity on the answer that they want and then they'll make an entire episode around the charity's outcomes. So you've got this really, really interactive building in aspect um, of fundraising. Now, I find that completely fascinating because it's the the whole idea of monetization is something that we cover frequently on the website, on the podcast. It's clear from where we're sitting that there are more and more opportunities out there for uh, game designers, developers, creators, publishers to be creative with the way in which they realise value from their their players. It was one of the reasons I was really keen to get you on the podcast, and I'm absolutely intrigued by the sort of the the the, in, the inclusion of the third sector because mm. the ability to use your game, use the people's attention within a game for good for other organisation to help people out, and you know whichever charity 
you, you're choosing or whichever charity the game developer chooses, I think is really powerful because we know three and a half billion players in the world spending, you know, insane amounts of time in some cases. Um, and yet we've still got this, this perception that games have literally nothing to offer, you know, no cultural impact. So how, how has the response been? Are you getting an awful lot of people coming in, kicking your door in? Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. The, I, the doors had to come off the hinges. Yes, I will admit that. <laughs> but the, the really cool thing is that, again, where we started and where it's gone and I suppose where it can go, to, to answer three questions in one, none yeah. of which you asked. Um, That's okay. Is, this is value for money. So it's, yeah, absolutely. It's a three for one offer. Um, you know, we started in Twitch. And uh, for those, I assume everyone is very familiar with it. It's the, the Twitch community are generous financially generous community and there is a culture of giving on there i give bits i subscribe i take part if someone does a charity fundraiser i give to that mm -hmm. so there's a mentality that when i go on twitch as a regular twitch user i am going to part with money at some point mm -hmm. it's considered yeah. part of the norm so if we start taking mobile gaming for example where you know the norm is to see an ad for 20 seconds or, or whatever you know there are various different norms um how do we normalize paying or giving money and actually there are options there's a cool bit which i will talk about um where making charitable donations in game mm -hmm. can affect the game and so suddenly that 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 first bite of mm -hmm. you know um oh, maybe I should do this thing to, to get to unlock something. Um, actually, if it's, if it's something that, that matters to the user, suddenly it's, it, you know, it's a, it's a little bit, it's a, it's a softer way in, I suppose. That's really interesting because, you know, that can have quite profound design implications. If, if you are building that engagement, you're, 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 you want your players, your gamers, your community to, to interact and, and giving them that choice, you know, it's yeah. you can you can get additional elements you can get more dlc you can access whatever it is um but you have to make a payment but that payment is going to charity you know so they, i think is a is a really strong message so this is something that i've been speaking about with games companies for years which mm -hmm. is like as a as a games company you know can i uh i don't know take i don't know forza regularly do different mm -hmm. colored skins for the cars right as a yeah. as an example and they will occasionally do charity ones. Now, when they do that, there is no mechanic in place to get the money to the charity. So they'll have to put the item on sale, uh, calculate the sale items. Mm -hmm. When the sale ends, calculate the money that has been accumulated, do the tax stuff, whatever that might be, uh, and then write a check, probably, probably not a check, <laughs> and, and hand it over to the charity. It might be one of those giant checks. I mean, that there there are reasons to do checks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, stick it in the fax machine. Uh, no, don't do that. Uh, so <laughs> you've got, so, you know, that 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 is that is very good, but it's also quite, I mean, for want of a better word, old school. It's like doing a bucket collection. So, mm -hmm. so what we've, what we can do now is do effectively what's known as a, a donation relay whereby if you were playing a game, perhaps you wanted to get a particular skin for a character or um, unlock a charity level. That's actually quite a good idea. Someone can do that. That's a freebie. You can have that. <laughs> unlock a charity level. Um, you could do it that well, one of two ways. One, you could direct people to the 
to a, a donation page with with our technology, they can make the donation claim a game code in real time, and then they mm-hmm. can put that in. That's quite a manual process, but very very doable. But cooler, in my opinion, is if you're on the on the game in your phone, swipe up. Uh, yes, do- choose the charity level. Uh, click buy. A new pop up comes in instead of taking to the normal buy screen that you would have as part of the, the built into the charity, it will just take you through to the donation flow. The donation flow speaks to the game uh, and then relays the, once the donation's complete, uh, relays the message back to the game and gives access to it in real time. Okay, so, so very much the same model as, as uh, you know, an interstitial or a, a playable ad. You Absolutely. Know, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it makes it, so doing exactly that and then sending, but what the real cool thing is, is the charity gets the money in real time and you also get a real-time totalizer coming through of the donations raised through it. So you can see how much is coming in in real time, how much has been raised, and obviously the charity is benefiting too. Again, I, I can see exactly how that makes sense because it, the, the real-time thing just means that you you have access to all of the same tools that developers are now using in terms of analytics and you know uh, user acquisition campaigns and tailoring your, your marketing. So, you know, it's really helping to optimize the, the exactly that yeah it's gonna, it's i think it's it's something that no one's done before which is always exciting i love seeing things that no one's done before <laughs> i'm really interested in the in the, the notion that you you could have within a game you know here's a level here's the dlc that you can buy there's super ultra rare or exclusive dlc over here and that's all going to this week's chosen charity or our charity partner yeah um, that, or even that, you know the, the the sort of the coin purchasing you know I know that's a you know purchase yeah. X amount you could make charity coins um, uh, you could pay ten pounds for example ten dollars uh, it would go through the donation flow you could even on the game in real time have an actual live ticker of how much this particular DLC has raised for charity so as you're going on you're looking at it, you're like wow I could actually contribute to this. And access a new level. This is fantastic. <laughs> that that is incredibly interesting, Tom. That is really really interesting. Um, and I can I can certainly imagine that there are going to be a lot of developers out there listening to this, going, "Hang on, maybe we can do <laughs> maybe we can do something like this." When it comes to the actual the, the technology side, how how do we differentiate Tiltify from you know the other payment providers, the the, the giants of the market out there? Yeah, absolutely. And so the way thing that's sorry. Uh, I was no, just no. going to ask, is this entirely cross-platform? Yeah. So we, uh, we because we are an isolated page as opposed to being, um, you know, just the donate button on a particular platform mm-hmm. or just this, we we are holistic. So, you know, as a, as a games company, you could very easily, you know, tweet out about something, take from here, host it on Twitch, take mm-hmm. it there. You can do everything in all the different places, but you've got a one central pot for where the funds are coming in. So it means that you can keep track of your efforts, Mm-hmm. run multiple year-round fundraising campaigns for different causes if you wish to um and uh really do that the the difference like so the way that the donation process works is uh when someone makes a donation the money goes directly from the person making the donation to the charity's stripe or paypal account mm-hmm. so they're getting the money in real time and that's really really important getting getting money from a to b as quickly as possible is like that's, that's a big tick that needs to be ticked. So, so that's part of it. Um, and then the other side of it, 
is um, that it's the tools and functionality. So, you know, the stuff like the polls, we do these milestones, which are all sort of like hard baked into the fundraiser. Uh, we've got overlays. I mean, it's probably not that relevant for the mobile gaming community, but if people are streaming, um, we do these really cool overlays that alerts go off and people donate and, you know, uh, certain... Celebration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, that's it, the word exactly, I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> exactly the same point that, as you would in within a game itself. You know, so it's exactly the, the whole user journey. It's hey, congratulations, Brian 007. It's you've just donated 30 pounds, you total rock star. You, yeah, it, yeah. literally that. Yeah, 100%. Um, so and we've got a fully open API. So if businesses want to sort of just have a look at it, you know, it's available on our website. Uh, you know, there's even a chance to sort of think, do you know what? Let's just have a look. Let's just let's just see what's available here. Um, and we've seen some people doing some really cool things with it. Uh, which is which is fun that you know these these sort of things are very very unique um but the most important thing uh is in in my opinion at least is that to be on tiltify a charity has to be fully registered fully authenticated and so there, there's no for one's best word no scams or cons going on you know it's not i'm raising money for my dying cat and it turns out that you know that's a whole not a true thing or whatever yes, he, he, um he. Uh, get Brian a new microphone and send him to the Algarve. Um, yes, which I, I would give to personally. I think it's a great cause. <laughs> yeah, sadly, we're, we're only accepting crypto. Um, <laughs> um, and I, I, I want to go back to my last slightly facetious point, which oh, yes. was which was crypto. It, is this something you're looking at or anticipating, you know, potentially using at some point in the... Yeah, uh, it's... Uh... <laughs> It's a funny one. The short answer is yes, we do. Uh, we started it in February. Uh, it's really cool. We work with the Giving Block, which is mm -hmm. a, a charity-based uh, crypto donation platform. And uh, only a small number of charities at present are available on there. But the idea being mm -hmm. that uh, donations of crypto uh, can go through the platform and then also appear on an individual's fundraising page. So our fundraising pages that we're mm -hmm. we're using, you know, obviously I've I've been talking about it from a very, uh, I suppose, corporatey standpoint, but they're also used by people who are taking part in, you know, the London Marathon uh, to raise their money for their favourite charity because why not? It's a fundraising platform, um, and more and more people are wanting to, you know, they've got this <laughs> rogue crypto lying around. How can I get rid of it? Again, this is one of those one of those areas that that can be contentious when it comes to the to the the games community because. We have the ardent evangelists, the investors. We have some uh, game creators who are dubious, to say the least. Mm. And so, you know, it, it's always interesting to hear from people um, in other se uh, other areas, you know, who are connected to the games. It's ecosystem. still, I mean, for the charity sector especially, mm -hmm. um, you know, the uh, I don't want to be rude, but. As a sector, the charity sector is quite slow. I'll just say it. It's it's not rude. It's not offensive. We're just a little bit behind the times. And so crypto is really, really brand spanking new for the sector. We've created it as an option. If charities want it, um, they can turn it off. Individuals don't have to have it if they don't want to. We very much just create it as an option. I, I want to bring this back to, to, to the developers um, because mm. it seems to me that, that this is opening up an awful lot of doors and awful lot of new opportunities for developers to connect with uh, not just their, their players mm. but with their, their sort of their wider corporate responsibility and you know we've got an awful lot of uh, studios out there around the world who are you know really culturally aware of the, yeah. the communities that they're in the people that they they work with 
um, and doing some amazing things. So are you are you kind of finding that the developer community is interested in working with you and and using you in different ways? Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, uh, it's really exciting, actually, to see the stuff that's coming out. There was a really cool fundraiser with uh, the guys at Frontier Developments who mm-hmm. do Planet Zoo. Um, yes. yeah. And the last few times that they've released a new DLC, uh, they've gone and done a live stream from a zoo <laughs> and done a fundraiser for a char- for that zoo. It's been really, really cool. Um, they, the most recent one, they went. It was for Pride season. They went mm-hmm. to Edinburgh Zoo and uh, in, and were and were talking about the uh, LGBTQI plus relationships that different animals have. Um, it was really, really interesting, but also raised a lot of money for the charity. And you know, they're this is this is a business clearly thinking about what their user likes, mm-hmm. and they're thinking right. It's Planet Zoo. They like animals <laughs> and they've also listened to the community and said they care about pride. So, right, let's let's see what charity works in that space. And you're absolutely right in what you've said. Developers are becoming more or not even becoming. They are culturally aware about what's going on. They understand what the key hot topics are. But sort of to, to tie, tie this all up into a, a neat package, what's really exciting is taking games that have a purpose of whatever it is and there's and or the organization perhaps someone internally at the business has a cause that's close to them for whatever reason and it gives a chance to um expose their charity their community what they feel passionate about to an audience that might not be familiar with it but also importantly might actually be very familiar with it and also dare i say the employee engagements thing starts happening because you know the the all the other team members say, "Oh gosh, we care. That's cool. <laughs> I work for a company that cares." You look at the uh, the CRM, not what we're familiar with, but cause related marketing campaigns. The uh-huh. you know statistically, uh-huh. um, people are more likely to buy something that gives a portion of its profits to charity. Um, and the use of games for good. You know, I'm, I'm aware of of several studios that have worked with. Uh, charities such as Cancer Research UK, of course, and and you know the, there was a quite a, a large uh, game that came out a few years back. Um, I think it was Sequest, which used player data to predict, you know, the incidence or, or, or prevalence of of um, Alzheimer's. Isn't so, that insane? It's just yeah, like unbelievably cool. A huge amount to offer, and I think this this is kind of the last sort of um, piece of the puzzle, if you will, because being able to translate people's passion, enthusiasm, and the engagement they have with games into direct help for charities um, just seems as though it's another little, you know, chip away at the the, the colossal misconception that, that games are frivolous and, you know... In my mind, little it's to sort of... World. In my mind, it sort of feels like the... As you, I think you said, like, it's the last hook that needs to get connected to make the very clear visualization that uh these are people and they mm-hmm. care once you've seen that i don't know players of monument candy crush or whatever uh have collectively as a community raised 1.5 million let the arbitrary number totally doable um for charity suddenly they're not gamers or players or people addicted to their screens anymore they're philanthropists and they're amazingly generous people and our community. And they are people who get together to support something that, that we all care about. You know, if, if taking, you know, some of these gig- these really big mobile games 
if they if they chose to adopt a cause and do a, a wide campaign like this, the the impact it would have across the entire sector would ripple. We've already seen some of the bigger games doing stuff like that, famously in 2017, 16. Overwatch did a mm-hmm. did a pink skin, raised something like 1.5 million or something like that. And it was only alive for a day or two. And the only reason that a lot of businesses don't do that is because the, you know, the taxation and the problem of trying to get the money to the charity is really complex. So that's why we've done all this building, which is to get rid of the complexity <laughs> so that more people can. You see a technology that's solving a pain point or, you know, uh, solving a problem or easing a pain point. So we're, we're running out of time. So uh, uh, the last couple of questions before we, oh, yes. before we kick things off. So one thing that we ask everybody, because, mm. you know, we are a games podcast is oh, yes. what are you playing right now? Uh, so I am addicted to. So I'm a I'm a big board game person, mm-hmm. um, but I have the board game version of a game called Duel on my phone. Oh yes, and I, I mean, well, I have to keep it down. I have to. Uh, it's it's. I, I play against other people. I play against the AI. I lose more often than I win, which I hate. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I am. I'm hooked on that. Uh, and I've, uh, you know, on on the other side of things, I have just started Stray, so no spoilers on that. <laughs> and none will be coming by from me. I, I promise. And and um, what's your favourite mobile game? Oh well, okay. I think I just answered that without answering it there, which is is Jewel. Let me just open my phone and see what. Because obviously, you know, I'm still. We I'm can, still we can like... twist that and go. Your favourite mobile game of all time. Uh, well, I mean, I don't want to say snake. That feels like a cop out, but it's <laughs> ruddy okay. addictive. Uh, I, what do I play all the time? I always play. Do you know what? If I'm ever on a train, it's either ten ten or twenty forty eight. Those two games just, just you know, the the mindless addictive. Like, oh, I've got half an hour to kill. Oh, the half an hour's gone. Fantastic. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I I know exactly what you mean. But um, I've been dipping in and out of some of the hyper casual games. I, some really, really beautifully realised, interesting little, you know, simple single mechanic games. It's, well, I think uh, they're quite mindful. That's the, you know, that's the real thing. Again, yeah. now I'm going back into the work side of things, which is, you know, they partnered with mental health charities. That's free money right there for the causes. <laughs> Testify. Testify. Okay, well, that brings us to the end. Thank you so much, Tom. We really appreciate you coming on and, and speaking to us today. Um, before you go, can you tell our lovely listeners where they can find you, where they can find out more about Tiltify? And- yes, of course. Tiltify.com is where you can go and raise lots of money for charity. My name is Tom Downey, D-O-W-N-I-E. And I'm in the UK, generally around London somewhere. So you can always come and say hi. I've just been sipping on a coffee somewhere. <laughs> Thanks again, Tom. It has been a genuine pleasure. We look forward to hearing far more from you about the ongoing success of Tiltify and seeing it used in some of the games coming out from our listeners. Super. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Tom. Speak soon. Bye. This show is all about how to do your job better, how to make an amazing game, how to market it. And you have a say. So if you have a story or know someone we need to shine a light on, then we would love to hear from you. We want to hear from you. We want to reflect the reality of the mobile games market in all its wonderful complexity and strangeness. So if you have any suggestions for us, if you have any feedback for us, you can always get in touch. You can email us at podcast at pocketgamer.biz. You can find us on Twitter at pgbiz. And you can reach out to us through the pocketgamer.biz website. If you're interested in listening to all of our podcasts, you can find them at pocketgamer.biz forward slash podcast. 
and we would love to hear your thoughts on future shows. And we've got you covered on all the major platforms. So subscribe to the audio podcast, as Brian said. Look for us on YouTube. If you want to read it, hey, you can do that too, because we have a companion post for you as well on the pocketgamer.biz website. Tune in again for the next edition of the pocketgamer.biz podcast, and we look forward to speaking to you in the near future. Until then, I'm Brian Baglow. I'm Peggy Ann Saltz, and that's a wrap until next week. Yeah.